When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. Now, we are back in Hawklaw, and there's a few things that we can do now that that goblin problem is resolved. Now, as always, visit a tavern. Because usually, things happen in taverns. Or things start in taverns. Not many things end in taverns, but sometimes, right? Heroes in fantasy kingdoms go to taverns. They find quest hooks. They find they find people they're looking for. Something bursts in suddenly, and they have to fight it. There's stuff. They they have to kill ten rats in the cellar. Lots of good stuff happens in taverns. At the very least. You can have some good. You can have some good grub food and a stein full of ale. You know, and relax. Now, and play games of chance. Perhaps visit the Stoneback Tavern. As you make your way to the Stoneback Tavern, you are approached by a man in a tattered cloak. The man, those golden beard, is streaked with grey and who, who limps along with the assistance of a plain wooden cane, draws up before you, bows deeply, and introduces you as Muhin Griffin. I'm glad I found you, friend. I've come to retain your services for a few, future date that draws near even as we speak. Need not near, for my attentions are only honourable. My reputation is well deserved, I have learned. The business of which I speak will certainly serve only to bolster it. When you question about what sort of business business is for, for which he wishes to attend your service, he only smiles and shakes his head. It would do no good to reveal such things here and now, for the time is not yet right. Should you doubt my sincerity, perhaps a small gesture on my part will help ease any misgivings. Mithu reaches into your pocket and draws out a bulging leather pouch, which he tosses at you. You catch... You catch the pouch, catch the pouch and spill it contents in your hand. You acquired 12 adventurer tokens. Yes, those might be of use to someone like you, he says, noting your reaction to the valuable currency. I shall soon find you again, Zoop. Until then, fare thee well. Mihu turns and leaves, striding off along. Hawklaw's main forward there. You watch as he departs, and when he is out of sight, you make your way to the Hawklaw Tavern. 
Suddenly, a chorus of desperate shouts rings out from the northern edge of the village. Without giving it a second thought, you turn and race through the deepening gloom of early evening, prepared to face the unexpected. As you pass by the Stoneback Tavern on the road leading out of the town, clearly make out five of the town's militia up ahead, engaged in a brutal struggle with a dozen shade goblins. The vicious creatures squeak as they gl- with glee as they thrust their cruel weapons at their valiant but unmatched foes. Okay. Maybe the prog- goblin problem isn't resolved after all. Or maybe this is just a, a vain, a vain vengeance charge, or it's the out, it's the outskirts of another problem elsewhere. Who knows? Yeah, right. I'm pro- I'm gonna have to deal with these. Charge ahead and join the battle, or I can use archery. A group of five go- goblins turns to meet your rapid approach. They brandish their stone-tipped spears with a degree of skill not commonly found. Not co- not commonly found among the lesser ranks of their kin. Five, five say goblins. Slashy, slashy, slashy. Spattered. Spattered in strands of, of thick, dark goblin blood. You leap over the corpses of your fallen foes and rush to the aid of the embattled Hawklaw militia. You quickly find yourself confronted by a one-eyed, axe-wielding goblin. The goblin smiles as it hacks at you with its crude weapon. Axe-wielding goblin. The goblin drops to to the ground just as Corin. Head of Hawklaw's militia arrives with a band of reinforcements. The remaining goblins are promptly routed, routed, and a few survivors flee wildly into the forest. The sound of light foot, footfalls on the road behind you causes you to spin around and assume a battle-ready stance. You half expect to have one final goblin holdout to deal with, but despite the creature's eyes, it's both unnerving and unexpected. Creeping along the road towards you, bent close to the ground, is a tall human clad in a worn leather tunic, with a broad braided knife grips tightly in his hand. A long mane of black hair spills down from the man's head and covers much of his face, but what you can see of his face is eerie and unsettling. A crude tattoo in the shape of a leaf covers the man's entire face. He flashes you a wicked grin, revealing a set of sharp, pointed teeth, not unlike those of a goblin. Our time comes, human, he says, sticking the flat of his blade in his mouth and clenching it with his teeth. The man suddenly turns and with animal-like agility bounds into the forest and is lost in the gathering gloom. Okay, what's with that guy? Has he been... Mind controlled? Is it is a is a goblin transformed into a human? Was it was he was he did the gob did something happen and it ended up with goblins raising a human baby due to some zany set of circumstances? Has he just been tortured so much he's just gone cuckoo bananas? Or is this just some just 
there's something, something else from deep in the nevers that just looks like a man. Who knows? We never really find out. <laughs> well, what would you make of that, says Corrin, as he meets you in his shoulder cross. You think you've seen it all, and then along comes something like that. Corrin thanks you for coming to the aid of the militia, and tells you that he finds it odd the shame goblins would be bold enough to attack a group of armed humans so close to a town or village. They're ordered to attack our men, that much is plain. I would raise it as friend with the painted faces behind it. I won't soon forget that face. Going tells you to keep your eyes peeled for anything suspicious in the coming days. As a horse scream at once, should you find something? 16 experience general. And now I can go to the stone back tavern. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's the sa same as always. Ooh. Approach an old white haired man seizing, seizing alone. Old man NPC! Oh my, this is going to be good! Because old man NPCs give all the best quests. Because the older the man, the better the quest. Women can also give quests. As a general rule, the older the man, the better the quest. I mean, if you were to come across some 500-year-old magic guy, he would give you a quest that would be epic and take hours. But if, if, a, if a child gave you a quest, it would probably be, find my dog, it's on the roof. It takes three minutes, and it probably would have resolved itself. Yep, yep, older person, the better the quest. It, I mean, there's... I mean, there's deviations, but that's the trend. Yep, see, yep. And o the old man, seated alone at the table furthest from the fireplace, looks up and nods as you approach. He politely offers you a chair, and once you've accepted it, he calls for Plyfor to set, set down two frogging flagons of house brew. You've, named quite, you've made quite a name for yourself around here. I must admit, I'm quite fond of hearing all about this, this age's crop of adventurers. That same spirit once cursed through me as well. Well, I don't think you'll be surprised to learn the, those days are behind me. The old man introduced himself as Tesserick, and tells you he was once known as the Golden Knight. It wasn't truly a knight, of course, but the name seems to stick, so I kept with it. Goblins were my sport, mind. Well, I often wish I'd gone after some of the larger, more dangerous things. Well, I suppose goblins are quite dangerous enough in their own way. Derek asks you about your adventures up in Westworld. And is thrilled when you provide him with a detailed account of your exclusion. Excursion into the goblin-infested caves. Well, I don't know if this is something that would interest you, he says, showing his skin. There's something I've always wanted to pass on to someone like you. Something I came across in my adventures long ago. Terek tells you exploring the blustery wood near the village of Sayatop many years ago, he discovered a cave hidden deep in the forest. I found myself in that wood quite by mistake, but I dared not linger there. Too often I wonder about what secrets that cave might hold. Perhaps someone like you would be up for it. Of course, it was years ago. Can't quite remember its location, but I can give you the vague description part of the forest I was in at the time. You asked Tesseract to tell you about the cave location. 
Tarot becomes quite animated and describes for you in almost excruciating detail. The air of the forest in which you discover the cave. Based on the detail of his long winded narrative, you feel confident that with enough exploration of the blustery wood near Seychelles, you'll be able to find the cave he's spoken of. There. Well, there you have it. Best as I can recall it, says Tesserac as he turns his attention to the flag in a veil resting at his elbow. I'd like to know, if you find the cave, what's in there. You find me, me about this place most, most days. When you finish your ale, you thank Tesserac uh, for describing the case of the cave and bid him farewell. You promise to report back to him on what you discover there. Should you find the cave, that is. Search for the cave Tesserac has told you about. Pay a visit at the village of Seidholm, located near Talonus, and explore the blustery wood. I'm not going to do that quite yet. I'm going to move around the common room. There is a rather sizable crowd in the Stoneback Tavern. You over your way past several neighbours and two. You spot an older, grey-haired man seated alone behind a table in the corner eyeing you slowly, closely. He is garbled in his leather waistcoat with a short sword hung at his back. He smiles knowing at you and raises a tankard of ale towards you, as if in salutation. Ooh, two old man NPCs in a one. Oh, yes. Approach the man. You stride up the table and attempt to determine his, the intentions of the stranger. But before you had a chance, chance to speak, he rises from his seat, blows deeply and introduces himself. My name is Todd Haltham, he says, and I am pleased to have finally found you, Zoo. Your deeds are known to me, and I believe you might have come across something of great concern to me. Might I ask you to sit ask you to sit and hear me out? Sit and hear what he has to say. The man buys you a tankard of ale, and while you casually slip the drink, he begins a rather lengthy tile that, that, that piques your interest. He again introduces himself to Todd Hartham and tells you he has travelled Hawklaw from Talos when he heard the Shade Goblins may have been sighted in some caves in a nearby area known as Westworld. He began to begin to imagine how surprised I was to find that they had already been eliminated and the two stood slain. He was easy up. I've long had good reason to seek to even score at Bala. The Shade Goblin chieftain who did this to me. Joel stands up and moves around the table, round the table and to stand before you. What you see is entirely unexpected. Todd's entire white leg below the knee is missing. In its place is a thick wooden peg. After several moments, he retakes his seat at the table and continues his tale. Oh, with an arm missing, that's even more questerific. Well, with a leg missing. That is. <laughs> it was Black who years ago took my leg, he says, uttering the name of the slain goblin chieftain with obvious disdain. It was also Balak who killed my father! And it was Balak's own father, a mighty slain, chief, slain goblin chieftain known as Galak, who killed my father's father and took from him his sword. A sword that has descended among my kin for generations. Todd tells you that his father was never able to exact vengeance on Galarak for the my 
for the mighty Jagon and Tiefling were slain in, in fierce battle with Tilsian border wagers in, in, in the foothills of the Fudruin range. My father's hunger for vengeance was not easily slated. He sought to slay the only son of Galgoak, a brutal slay goblin named Balak. Yes, my father was himself sane, cut down by the minions of Balak. I later learned that Balak himself struck the killing spell, only, but only after my father had no strength left with which to fight. Todd Percy pauses momentarily before continuing. Tells you that conquering of age, he took up the cause of vengeance, but an encounter with Blalik nearly proved fatal. The vile shade goblin lopped off his leg in battle, and Todd Matt barely managed to escape with his life. No, he did it. Did he? he had a horse. I'm going to say he had a horse. That you can you can you can run on a horse. If you don't have legs working, because the horse does the running. Now that's what I'm going to say happened. Or he had a companion to carry him. On some sort of door closed. I'm going to go for horse. That that's more dramatic. And it, it doesn't really require a load of setup for it to work. I fled so I might fight another day, he says. For with, with me would have died the only chance to avenge the death of my father. And my father's father. Jotoji has never stopped seeking a day when he would again, again confront his father's killer. When he learns that... Learned that... that People had spotted what could could be shade goblins in Westhold area near Hawklaw. Hastily made his way here from Talonus. Upon his wife, we learned of a victory over Balak and his goblin horde. Too late was I to claim my vengeance for Balak, he said somewhat dejectedly. However, I'm nevertheless overjoyed to learn of your success. And against such numbers of them, you truly are worthy of the praise laid, laid upon you by those to whom I spoke. Todd leans over the table and knows his voice. There is something else, Soup. Did you find a stone key in Balak's possession? I did. It was an auto pickup. Todd's eyes light up when you tell him you have the granite key. He asks to see the key, key and he cautiously shows you, making certain it never leaves your possession. Tells you the granite key unlocks a tomb hidden deep in the forest near Westhold, the tomb of the mighty goblin chieftain Galgarak. I've long hoped that Balak held the key to his father's tomb, said Don. Goblins' tombs are not easily discovered, um, and they are less easily plundered. I've no interest in localising in that tomb, save for one thing the sword that undoubtedly rests in the foul, rotting hands of Galgarak. It was a sword that was wrested from my grandfather's lifeless hands by the goblin chieftain. The sword of my kin! Todd tells you that he will lead you to the location of the tomb. If you enter it and, he, and seek to retrieve the sword for him. Tells you that his health is such these, de- these days prevent him from undertaking such tasks himself. Anything therein, anything else therein is yours. But you must give me the sword to me. The blade of the kid in my possession, I can at last put this entire foul business behind me. Agree to the terms. Agree to the terms Todd has set forth. I want you both 
and at once you both set out for Westworld. Todd tells you that he has been to the site of the Goblin Tomb several times over the years, having first learned about it from a Shay Goblin he captured long ago in his search for Balak. Despite the fact he has only a wild leg, you find it difficult to keep pace with Todd in the wilderness. Josie has spent many years in the wilds of the Broadlands, hunting down shade goblins and their lairs. After a solid hour's trek into the woods, Todd suddenly pauses and points to a large flat rock nestled in amongst the leaves on the forest floor ahead. A close examination of the rock reveals many faintly etched symbols on the surface. A sizable keyhole is set in the centre of the rock. There it is, he says, the tomb of Galgorak. You step forward and insert the granite key into the keyhole in the middle of the flat stone. It takes a great deal of effort, but you eventually manage to turn the key. You and Todd watch, watch the large flat rock in, inside several moments, until at last it begins to slide back feeling the top of a flight of stone steps that descend into the earth. Todd wishes you good, Jod wishes you good luck. I told you that he will wait here for your safe return. Use great caution in there, Zoop. He warns as you make ready to descend the steps. Goblin tombs are full of twigs and traps, as I've heard it. May the All-Father protect you and see you out unharmed. In your response, and descend into the musky interior of the goblin tomb. You cautiously descend, descend into the tomb, your light pouring over the walls of this narrow stairwell as you go. After only a minute of slow descent, you reach the bottom and are somewhat dismayed to discover three separate passages lead off the darkness of this place. Go left, right or straight ahead. If I had divination, I could get some hints, but I do not, so I'm just going to go straight ahead. You move along the passages, your senses alert for the first sign of danger. Random number, bonus one from Feathery, success 25 or more, failure. Only too late to realise you've stepped on a ways portion of the stone floor. The small, a small section of floor beneath your white foot begins to sink as the sound of above sets your heart racing. You glance up and see a large slab of stone dropping towards you. You've only a split second to react. That's a dive out of the way! You dive forward in a desperate attempt to get out from under the falling slab of stone. Random number 1 in 100. Bonus 20 for agility. I need to get 50 or more. Failure! Oh no! You quite in pain as the full weight of the large stone slashes, crashes down on you. SP minus 17, that's about a third, no, a quarter of my health. No, but anyways, it, it, that, that hurt a lot. You stagger to your feet, but hardly able to believe you're still alive. Injured and shaken, but thankful to have loudly avoided death, continue, you continue along the passage. The passage you're, you're following opens in, onto a large rectangular chamber, centre of which sits a ways plinth. Set atop the plinth is a large stone sarcophagus. The lid of the sarcophagus has been carved into the likeness of a hideous goblin face. Realise it strikes you that the goblin's face on the lid of the sarcophagus is identical to the one on your granite key. The walls of the chamber are covered with 
crude carvings that depict goblins killing men. The largest of the carvings depicts a large goblin hoisting a sword above his grotesque head, who does undoubtedly are standing in, in Galgorak's burial chamber. You move up and examine the sarcophagus, and surprise to discover it has no lid, but it does appear to be any visible means of opening it. Still, you realise that the sword Dob is seeking is profound, it, and any other valuables, must be inside the massive stone box. Suddenly you notice a keyhole near the place of the pimph on which the sarcophagus rests. Not surprised to discover your granite key is a perfect fit. You insert the key and turn it slowly until you hear a loud click. The sound of stone grating on stone fills the chamber as the lid of the sarcophagus begins to slide from its perch. The lid continues to slide off as there is no longer enough of the sarcophagus beneath to support its bulk. For the deafening thud, the massive piece of stone lands at the base of the plinth. You move up and peer into the open sarcophagus. Inside the sarcophagus is the skeleton of a large goblin. You notice you're looking upon the remains of the mighty shade goblin chief Galgarak. The goblin chief in fleshless hands still clutch the hilt of a gleaming long sword. Piled around the remains are several decayed leather bags and a large iron box. As you reach in to take hold of the sword, the skeletal goblin's hand shoots out and grabs you firmly by the wrist. You are held backwards with tremendous force and crash to the floor, floor in, a, in a heap at the base of the plinth. So, was he, was he alive in, well, animate the entire time, just waiting for someone to look at him? Or was there some sort of necromantic rite imbued into the tomb so that if someone loots it, the, his, his spirit is, is raised? I guess that's something you can do. Really, I I don't design. I'm not a I'm not a tube designer or a necromancer. I probably will be a necromancer soon, but not yet. But uh, that probably makes sense, actually. Yeah, because if if you have these skeletons wandering around for hundreds of years, they'll wear their bones out, and then they'll be walking on little knee st- on, They're walking on little stumps. And that would that just look silly. Yes, yeah. That must be what happens. They have... They have they have a seal, which if you break it, 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 it they, they, have, they have skeletons and corpses preserved in sealed places where they won't get overly damaged. And then the necromantic right rises the lot of them. And that prevents people from wrecking your tomb or or at least taking vengeance against them. Yeah, that that's what I think think happens whenever you come across a tomb or or a crypt crypt or a sarcophagus or 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 a catacomb or anything else where the undead just suddenly rise. Unless there's a necromancer who's actually risen recently. Yeah, but I think that's the default. If there's no one else there, there's been a, been a trap. There's a, it was a skeleton rising trap. Yeah. That seems, seems prudent. Anyway, 
You struggle to your feet just in time to witness a horrifying scat sight. The skeleton goblin is climbing out of the sarcophagus. Without a sound, the undead form of Gargaroth leaps from the top of the plinth and lands on the floor of the chamber less than ten feet from where you stand. The skeletal goblin chieftain brandishes the gleaming longsword in his grip with considerable skill. You ready yourself to fend off an attack from the undead goblin when suddenly you find yourself faced with a new threat. Threat. The skeletal form of Gargoyle takes several steps back as a dozen smaller skeletal goblins wielding spears and axes step silently from the shadows. Gargoyle levels the gleaming longsword at you and the goblins surge forward with a, without a sound and attack. There is no escape in this battle. You must fight to the death. Hmm. Is that, was, that, was that action just pre-put? Or is there some part of Galgrat's spirit in there? Guess I'll, I'll never know, and I'm too busy fighting to care. Let's fight to the death. Slash, slash. The skeletal goblins attack you in a silent frenzy. And I attack in a humming frenzy. My frenzy is more frenzy, so I win. I got 68 experience points. That's pretty nice. The last of the skeletal goblins clatters to the ground at your feet. You spin to face Galgarad, but instead of the undead shade goblin teeth, you find yourself confronted by six heavily armoured skeletal goblin warriors. The undead goblin warriors each wield rusty, ro- rusty short swords. Without warning, the undead warriors rush forward and attack. It would be possible to flee from this battle. You must fight to the death. Now, now no, knowing tombs, knowing horrible people tombs, these people are probably deliberately killed, so they entombed in the entombed in the entombed in the in the tomb, and then have this and have the raising trap. Embedded upon them. So really, by killing them, I'm actually saving their souls. So this is, I'm, I'm doing a good thing here. And they're goblins. And most of the time, goblins are bad. Well, that's what I've heard. But, but, I mean, I have to learn a lot to change my mind, but... Um, you fight six armoured skeletal goblins... Slashy, slashy, slashy. They slash, I slash. Slashes all around. Slashy, 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 slash, 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 and the slain. One hundred and thirty-three experience points. You dispatch the final undead warrior and turn to face Galgrak. Without hesitation, the undead goblin chieftain. Stalks towards you, and the gleaming longsword cutting a wild arc in front of him as he approaches. It is impossible to flee from this battle. You must fight to the death. I fight Gargorok undead. And he slashes with an expert stroke. My strokes are also expert, and my sword is better. Well, I think so. 
whenever we only see the stats of this sort of, because it, I'm getting it for a friend, and it's kind of rude to analyze somewhat another person's sword, or just uh, just to not not going to me. Alright, I got 261 experience. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to level up my weaponry skills a few times with this. The undead, undead form of Gargret crumbles to the floor of the barrel chamber. You seek to examine his pile of bones, discover only the gleaming longsword amongst his remains. You take the long longsword, fearing what other one dead horrors may yet lurk within the tomb. You quickly move over to the open sarcophagus and examine its contents. The sarcophagus contains several decay leather bags and a large iron box. In the bags you find the following 154 gold, 211 gold, 272 gold. Nice. The iron box is not locked. You flip back the lid and surprise discover this box contains several pieces of high quality armour. This was obviously Gargorok's battle battle gear. But due to the large size it could due to its large size it could easily fit a human. I'm gonna take all of that. Yeah, all that that shield is heavy. Gargoyle's boots. Let's do here. Yep, I'm going to be equipping them soon. When you finish, you quickly exit the brutal chamber and make your way out of the tomb. You emerge from the tomb and find Todd Jod waiting anxiously for you. He rushes up to you and initiates a shoulder cross. When you describe what inspired you inside the tomb and hand in the gleaming longsword, Todd uh, Jod only shakes his head in disbelief. You don't know how much this means to me, to again hold this sword, says Todd Beaming. I'm not certain I have any means by which to properly repay you, but I do have these. Perhaps you can make use of you. Use of them. Todd hands you a small leather pouch containing ten dry peck leaves. He also hands you an em emerald bracelet. bracelet. Perhaps it will be can be of use to you. I'm certain it's valuable, but I've never found much use for it. Alright, this adds one stamina point and five Neville Reserve. Now in this in this game in this in this in this world, that is, you only use one Neville Reserve when you use when you use a man when you cast invoke, yeah, invoke a magic. Doesn't matter how impressive it is. You, you, if you if you could just cast a little little tiny splodge of flame of of flying of scalding mud that's one NV you could resurrect an entire dragon that would still be one NV that's that's, a, that's just how it works here so five never reserve is a big deal. And it remains a big deal, no matter how deep into the game you got. Because that means I can use magic five more times before I have to rest. That means you can go further, you can last longer in dungeons, you can blast more foes with magic, and you can, you can just generally do more. 
perhaps it will be useful for you. I'm certain it's valuable, but I've never found much use for it. I'm like, I'm going to equip. I'm going to equip that bracelet right now. There we go. Now I have 15 Neville Reserve. That's 50% more than it just was. You make the trip back to Hawklaw with Todd. And outside the stone tavern, you bid each other farewell. It's a long road to Talonus, he says, looking up at the midday sky. Would be nice if the weather could hold up until I'm well underway. You exchange a final shot across with him before he, before he departs. Go well, Zoop, he says as he's walking away. This world is a very large place. But I have a feeling we may meet again someday. Farewell. And that brings me back to Hawklaw. I'm going to west now. That brings my NV to 15. And now I'm just going to stop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.